Welcome back to another installment of the podcast for cultural reformation brought to you by the Ezra Institute. This is Worldview Wednesday. It's passed down as a prophecy every year about this time. Our host for today's episode is Ryan Eras. Welcome back one and all to the podcast for cultural reformation brought to you by the Ezra Institute. I'm Ryan Aris, and I'm pleased to be joined once again by Nathan Oblak and Dr. Joe Boot. Welcome back, guys. It's mm-hmm. glad, good to uh, have you here with us again. Mm-hmm. And we uh, we explained just briefly, and uh, a lot of people knew that uh, you were both in the States over the past uh, week, week and a half. I thought, uh, now that we have a chance to get together again, let's... Let's talk about that experience. Let's talk about your trip a bit. It was um, essential travel. Yeah. That's what I want to say. Absolutely. Getting a little hot under the lights here. <laughs> <laughs> so where, uh, let, let's just recap this a bit. You, uh, you had a few stops in your itinerary, uh, mm. several flights, uh, a couple of puddle jumps in there, I think. But mm-hmm. uh, where did you go? Uh, what did you talk about? Who were you, the, who were you there to see? So over the uh, the sort of eight nine days mm-hmm. uh, of the of the trip, we were uh, focused in terms of our uh, intentional ministry um, in South Dakota, in Florida, and in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, because of the um, the nature of the travel at the moment and uh, some of the reduction in 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 the number of flights from different places, I think we boarded and deplaned mm-hmm. um 10 different flights That's right. during oh, four during flights just to get to south dakota yeah <laughs> so it was it was complicated at times but uh it was um it was great to it was great to be stateside i have to say it was uh, mm-hmm. incredibly refreshing and reinvigorating and and renewing hmm. to be with believers south of the border um and uh, most especially to be spending time with some really important ministries and some, you know, some longstanding friends uh, down in the States on this, on this trip. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we anticipated being at the rally meeting with people from literally just about every state uh, was gathered there at the rally. That was a blessing. We, we, we didn't anticipate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was just shy of maybe a thousand people. It was, we were at Mm -hmm. the, in South Dakota, we were in at the fight, laugh, feast uh, rally. Yep. Uh, which yeah, is Doug Wilson and Cross Politic mm-hmm. and Gay Branch and those guys and uh, um, they're uh, and Chocolate Knox as they call him. Oh yeah, they're a wonderful group of people. And so I was uh, tasked with speaking. The title they actually gave me was Jesus is King of Tyrants, and so I spoke uh, on the Lordship of Christ and really the meaning of sphere sovereignty mm-hmm. uh, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, I applied. Uh, that particular paradigm and principle and looked at things from a scriptural standpoint and then analyzed certain things historically. And uh, we had a wonderful response. We sold a a huge pile of books Mm -hmm. and um, had a chance to do an excellent podcast there with the, with those guys as well and and built some wonderful relationships for the Institute. So we, we're really thankful for them and their really important ministry down there. They're, they're, They're modeling something pretty special as many people know in Moscow Mm. with mm. Christian education and the university there, New St. Andrews, um, and what they're doing in the churches. And so it was great to um, be not only inputting, but 
you always get input, you always uh, receive when you're in these places as much as anything else. And of course, being in a banqueting hall full of, uh, you know, a thousand people high-fiving, hugging, mm-hmm. eating, drinking together mm-hmm. um, was an immense blessing. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, after all those flights and all those meals and all that fellowship, uh, Nathan and I came back with two negative COVID-19 tests. So, That's right. You know. Two each. There you go. Two each. <laughs> <laughs> a hat full. That's, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. We'll get uh, get those onto the uh, onto the leaderboard. Uh, so that was that was South Dakota. Mm-hmm. That's great. What uh, you mentioned, sort of what's uh, what's been going on a bit in Moscow. What uh, what are they doing? Because they, you know the, they've had interactions with COVID and responses to the the COVID situation there too. What do uh, what are other groups doing? How are they responding to the present situation? What do they sort of see as the need of the hour? How is, I mean, what in uh, in some of their contexts, uh, what what does faithful Christian witness and faithful Christian life look like? Well, the primary theme of the conference in South Dakota was actually really resistance, mm-hmm. uh, resistance to authoritarianism, resistance to tyranny. Um, and how we go about that in uh, worship as an act of resistance, Hmm. um, of faithfulness and resistance, Um, not just what we might call a more direct political theologies being discussed, but actually there was a lot of discussion about worship. um, about Worship as warfare. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and about the the, the family and the home and... uh, you know, everything that we're doing as Christians being fundamental to our recognition and declaration of the of the Lordship of Christ over all of life. I think the thing that um, strikes you is that nobody's being cavalier or dismissive of the fact that there's a nasty bug going around. Mm. They're just realistic about what human government is there for, mm-hmm. what it's there to achieve, what, and what it's appointed by God to do. And it's really one of the things you notice in the American context. Uh, because the, there is more resistance there to socialist democracy, to uh, you know, socialized medicine, to uh, a statist vision of political life that we've kind of, we're kind of nurtured on in Canada, um, and we have been for decades, uh, there is um, tremendous shock at what is taking place in Canada that's totally genuine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That it's not um, manufactured. Mm-hmm. They just find it hard to, we'll come on to this in a moment in terms of our visit to Florida, but there is a, a genuine disbelief in their voices and on their faces when you actually describe to them the mm-hmm. things that are taking place here. So I think that the, the focus uh, that uh, of the conference was what does it mean to be faithful in Christian community hmm. and uh, to take responsibility. And this, this is, I think, big part of the issue is do we believe that, that life and risk in life and that uh, is something that we can simply, and all these decisions are something we can pass off to the all-competent, omni-competent state, hmm. um, or does living the Christian life uh, and living in obedience to God mean taking responsibility in the life of the church, in the life of the family, in education, and so on? And, um, and of course, it means the, uh, the centrality of Christian worship and the gathering together of God's people. Nathan mentioned um, 
worship is warfare, and this is something that uh, uh, Doug Wilson spoke about hmm. quite powerfully, actually, on what's happening when we uh, gather together for worship. When he when he says worship, does he mean like gathering for a church service? Yeah, he of, is, yeah. So you know, he's talking right. about the the formal gathering together of mm-hmm. God's people for the proclamation of the word, for the right. administration of the sacraments, for singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, for uh, the really what's going on there is that we are entering into the presence of God. We're going into the inner court, as it were. We're entering, at, uh, in that sense, into heaven. Um, we are, as priests, we're ministering. Christ is sprinkling his blood, of course, upon the mercy seat. And um, when we're told to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, um, the, we're, God's will is being done in heaven as we worship him hmm. and we're joined by the heavenly hosts in worship as we gather hmm. and as we obey God in worship God's will is being done in heaven and then Monday morning we're saying Lord do your will hmm. on earth today hmm. as it was done in heaven on Sunday hmm. hence the point that that worship is a is a form of spiritual warfare um, and so to neglect it is of course to kind of lay down our arms somewhat so this was some of the emphasis that I think was really helpful there. And uh, our contribution was really to bring uh, a cultural, theological, philosophical uh, note about the implications of Christ's lordship mm-hmm. um, for cultural and political life uh, with our, uh, our institute emphasis on the principles of sphere sovereignty. Mm-hmm. You, sh- you shamed many people in the audience that hadn't heard of Abraham <laughs> Kuyper. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, they enjoyed that. Uh, it was my usual hands, you know, don't put your hands up if you haven't heard. Don't give heard it away. Of, yeah, no, I shouldn't give it away. You're right. I'm not going to say it, uh, Ryan. I'm not going to say it. Let's keep that to ourselves. It's a good one. Um, so uh, it was it, the, the, the different contributions, I think, came together really beautifully at the conference. And uh, I felt tremendously Mm-hmm. Uh, refreshed and, and encouraged by it. And then mm-hmm. it was on to, after that, it was on to Florida, to Fort Myers, Cape Coral, and uh, meeting with the Founders Ministries. Mm-hmm. Well, and just uh, to add to what you were saying there, Joe, about the shock at uh, some of the things that are happening here in Canada. I mean, many of our conversations with people were met with kind of opened, gaped mouths at shock. Uh, just at the situations uh, we find ourselves in with uh, some of the pastors being arrested, the Mm -hmm. crackdown on many of the churches. Mm -hmm. And that shock, uh, we felt no matter where we went, because we went to many red states, a few blue states, it didn't really seem to matter. Uh, Whoever we were talking with was shocked at what Mm -hmm. was going on. And I mean, there were places like Chicago, uh, Mm -hmm. Virginia, Mm -hmm. Colorado, these are very blue states, yeah. and the people we communicated with just casually at the hotel could not believe some of the things that mm-hmm. uh, we were describing. I think that's probably one of the reasons why they're not anxious for Pete, for Canadians to travel right now, is they're not mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. that keen for people to see how our American neighbors are living, mm-hmm. um, because it really does feel like a completely different world down there. Yeah, and we made the point when you know we were able to uh, quickly make our way out to a beach, uh, on the west coast of Florida, and the beach is just completely packed with families, young children playing, swimming in the water, watching the sunset. 
And we made the comment, this is the absolute last thing Doug Ford wants Canadians to see. Are you referring to our beach mission there, Nathan? That's right. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Should I have not have mentioned yeah. that? <laughs> Was that wrong? Oh, no. Yes. The beer flowed oh. like wine. <laughs> well, we... Nope. Go ahead, Nathan, uh, Ryan. No, I just... Uh, you mentioned that... Uh, you were in Florida, not uh, not to be at the beaches, but to yes. connect with uh, the the folks at Founders Ministries. And yeah. why don't you just talk about that time a little bit? Uh, tell us a bit about what uh, what they've been doing and how uh, how they're responding as well. So we had a, uh, the two key appointments in Florida. One was uh, in the southern part on the the Gulf side mm-hmm. uh, to meet with Founders Ministries. That's Tom Askell and Jared Longshore. Mm-hmm. And in Cape Coral, Florida. In the, sorry, Cape Coral area. Yeah. And then we were meeting also with Whitfield Theological Seminary and Dr. Mm, Ken Talbot right. there as yeah. well. That's, yeah. uh, that's where you did your PhD. That's right, right, yeah. And he's in Central Florida. He's in Central Florida, that's right, in the Lakeland area. So um, we had the chance to, to meet with both. And um, it's very, very encouraging to see what's happening with, with mm-hmm. Founders Ministries. I mm-hmm. think they've been... Uh, wrestling through what's been taking place in the Southern Baptist Convention mm-hmm. and uh, are very concerned about the emergence of, of woke thought, woke theology, um, and the sort of steady liberalizing mm-hmm. of that uh, movement that's a deep concern to them. And um, I think what's interesting about it is it's actually, they would say, has kind of forced them to do some new and fresh wrestling with mm-hmm. these broader cultural philosophical mm-hmm. challenges what is a christian political philosophy mm-hmm. what is a, a christian mm-hmm. cultural theology yeah and they're sounding the alarm on the southern baptist convention trying to think through those issues without a biblical worldview yeah mm-hmm. so uh the that's that's their deep concern is that there's a lot of people popping off within the uh, convention, but it's not really shaped and informed by a robust biblical world and mm-hmm. life view. And mm-hmm. I think that's where a sort of sense of joining of hearts and minds and synergy has come for the Institute, for us with with founders, is they are looking to develop a, and in fact, they're in the, they're already, they've already started um, uh, an institute themselves mm-hmm. that's trying to train yep. pastors, yep. an opportunity. The, f- yeah, the Institute for Public Theology. And so uh, guys like Vody Bachman, as well as Tom Askell and others are involved in that. And uh, they are wanting to kind of grapple with these these issues and they're looking for conversation partners and the right resources. So we had a fantastic time in studio with them on their Sword and Trowel mm-hmm. uh, podcast. Interesting, actually, the if you watch the video, because of the length of the table, and the perspective of the camera. I'm sat like at one end, and the two of them are close to the camera. And I looks, I, it looks like mini me down yeah. the end of the. Yeah, I noticed town. that. Like, yeah. Sit up straight. <laughs> Yelling so, at the screen so over yeah, here. That was quite. It's interesting. funny they're not used to guests in Southern Florida. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so it was a great, it was a great opportunity to spend time with them in studio and and, and talk mm-hmm. about some of those issues. Um, their, as Nathan mentioned, their shock at what's happening in Canada was palpable. But then we got an opportunity to talk about, well, how do we think through the Lordship of Christ for culture? What is the place and the role of God's word? How do we 
um, uh, develop our thinking and reflect on the significance of God's law today and so on. These were some of the kind of conversations and the wrestling that we were doing mm-hmm. uh, together down there. And that was a very, very profitable mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And um, we're looking forward to continuing building that relationship. And then uh, in into slightly more familiar territory, and for me, uh, at any rate, with uh, meeting up with um, Dr. Talbot and uh, uh, Whitfield Theological Seminary and spending some time with them. Um, and again, talking through the many of the same issues. But uh, in, the, in those contexts, you're already kind of chatting with the choir mm-hmm. so uh but it was important and um we went on from there to uh, meet with friends very good long-standing friends of the ministry in virginia mm-hmm. um and uh look at some of the farm properties mm-hmm. and so forth beautiful area acquiring in the in the appalachians mm-hmm. um and that was a that was a really refreshing uh th- thing to finish with because we were darting around so much mm-hmm. Um, and constantly felt like we were on the move. That was a that was a really uh, pleasant day, and we finished one evening in a in a in a in a restaurant with uh, live music, live yeah, country right. music, and everybody um, just in, in, in enjoying themselves together. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine that even the mental health break there for us was just right. you know uh, uh, really encouraging mm-hmm. with with good friends of the ministry before we left mm-hmm. and uh, got back to what felt like the East German border during the <laughs> era of the Soviet Union. Oh. I've put that out of my mind, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so trying to trying to sort of feeling like you were almost a criminal at your own border with mm-hmm. your passport and uh, even with your negative test in hand, mm-hmm. um, getting lectured by uh, mm-hmm. border officials for why your yeah. travel is not essential. Yeah, and um, people around us being fined all over the place for the yeah. most ridiculous reasons. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There were some huge fines being handed out to yeah. people in front of us in the line. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, uh, I was told by one border official that, um, my, my charter rights were trumped by the public health measures. And I asked him whether that wasn't a task for the Supreme court to resolve, not him. Mm. Um, that may have kept us an additional half hour. Uh, <laughs> it didn't help. I, I, <laughs> I don't know, but, mm-hmm. um, that was a pretty sobering. I'd love it was actually to sit and quote legal philosophy bandering that back and forth with you. But <laughs> <laughs> It was certainly a sobering, it was a very sobering moment, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, to well, I mean, we had a young couple go through customs just ahead of us, and they had spent months uh, working in the Dominican Republic. They're, they were Canadians. They came across, they had their negative COVID test. Actually, it was interesting. They were lecturing us in line. You need to have this, 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 and this. And Joe and I, oh, okay, we're scrambling to, fill to get ready. In. That's right. Mm. And uh, sure enough, uh, they were told at customs that they should have got a COVID test taken in the United States, not the Dominican. And they were each fined $5,000 on the spot. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there were, there were a variety of stories like that sure. happening all around us as we crossed, but yeah, yet we weren't the only ones uh, being given a hard yeah, time. No, no. Um, but, uh, it was sobering. Mm-hmm. Well, Virginia sounds a treat anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was all a treat it's, to be yeah, honest with yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a, a real blessing to be there. Mm-hmm. Especially as actually for me, given the, the circumstances, it was my, it's very unusual for me to go for any n- number of weeks really without uh, a trip of that nature. Mm-hmm. And it was my first in something like 14 or 15 months. Yeah, that's true. So um, it was good to get the smell of jet fuel so, and, and um, be speaking in those contexts again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's encouraging to me to have you uh, come back and say that there is 
there's a, gr- a growing awareness, a growing hunger, a growing sort of consciousness of a need for mm-hmm. a, um, what, uh, what you've often described as applying systematic belief to mm-hmm. a culture of systematic unbelief. That's, uh, that's very encouraging to hear. Well, one of the things that came across actually very clearly in, in our conversations, both formal and informal, was that uh, they're under no illusions that the USA is on a similar trajectory. Right. And that unless de-Christianization um, and its consequences are, are resisted and addressed now, mm-hmm. um, of course, depending on which state you're in, it, 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 w- it will be a measure of how far down that process you are. Yeah. Um, because the, the states obviously differ. Mm-hmm. The, but even, the comment was often made, we're not Canada, but we're only off by degrees. Yeah. We heard mm-hmm. that comment made wherever we went Frequently. in the States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, for example, even in Florida, which is you know very conservative and a very red state, um, uh, and uh, a very strong sense of independence and freedom and, and those things being very important to Floridians, they were also clear that uh, when we were speaking to some of the pastors and leaders there, that um, the trajectory issue uh, remains the key problem, and that uh, this kind of a robust, just as we often talk about Canada and the lack of a developed Christian world and life view mm. that is applied to each area of life, and that there is a clear cultural apologetic that is desperately needed for the churches, they would say that the same remains true uh, in those places, mm-hmm. that actually the vast majority of pastors cannot articulate a distinctly Christian cultural apologetic. Uh, they struggle on the core Christian world and life view issues. What you've got in the U.S. for the most part, especially in those red states, of course, is a strong sense of of that historic independence, uh, a um, broader nominal Christianity, mm-hmm. uh, and... Uh, a commitment to some of the uh, constitutional uh, liberties, a firm grasp on some of those constitutional liberties, uh, and of course a very different history informing why the average American in those states is much more committed to those ideals. But at the same time, the rot has set in, Mm -hmm. and like any gangrene, if you don't deal with that infection... Um, and and address it, they're well aware. Uh, and that's why they see kind of Canada as almost like an object lesson right yeah. now. They're mm-hmm. saying, you know, mm-hmm. we don't want to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't want to end up there uh, where you've got ch- churches being fenced and locked down and pastors being arrested on the highway and um, uh, euthanasia and, and, uh, and Bill C-6 and Bill C-10 and all these kind of things. You know, these are on the horizon for us, they mm-hmm, say, mm-hmm. and therefore we need the tools now. And so they're crying out for those things right. um, and the urgency mm-hmm. of that happening um, across the board right. in the United States, that these tools are urgently needed by Christians. Otherwise, they'll be in just the same situation we're in um, not that far ahead. Right. So that's that was the message we heard as mm-hmm. well time and again. So mm-hmm. even though, you know, for us it was a, a refreshing uh, atmosphere change, mm-hmm. for them, uh, they're saying, well, uh, for us, Canada is only an object lesson and we are facing the very same issues in the churches. And unless we get them addressed, we're going to be where you are. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So and I, that, that urgency and being equipped uh, is a major difference that we noticed where, I mean, I think a lot of this country is of the mind, if we just hold our breath long enough, this will all go away. Yeah. Yeah. And that certainly is, is um, uh, something that I think for, 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 the, for the ministry leaders that we spoke with, they're well aware that mm-hmm. uh, putting our heads in the sand at this juncture mm-hmm. and imagining that all of this stuff is just going to go away on its own um, that the the encroachments on speech and on liberties are just gonna just gonna disappear, and that the state is gonna hand back willingly and gladly and swiftly mm-hmm. um, people's liberties and freedoms and so on. Um, there's a great deal of skepticism about that perspective, mm-hmm. and uh, even if uh, over a period of time many of these current restrictions that we're seeing do dissipate, uh, what has been manifest in Canada and even with the tabling of things like bill c10 which i think we're going to be discussing on next week's podcast that's right betrays a mindset mm-hmm. that is endemic mm-hmm. yeah that's right uh yeah. and it's not just a virus that's becoming endemic it's it's this this mindset that's endemic and left unaddressed and unchallenged by the church um the rab there's no point at which the depth of this rabbit hole mm-hmm there's, there's no logical comes, there's no logical point. end point to it exactly mm-hmm. so Joe let's uh, let's get back to South Dakota and the fight laugh feast rally your talk uh, the topic they gave you was Jesus is king of tyrants that'll be out I'm sure on uh, on the fight laugh feast network in due time but just tell us a little bit about uh, the word that uh, that you had for for that audience he had many words <laughs> <laughs> so uh essentially what i wanted to do was was set up the foundational claims of christ as lord and then the claims of the early church about the kingship of jesus christ and from there develop the implications of what that actually meant for them and and, and some of the early development of the history of the church so i so I went through some of that and then sought to draw um, some very contemporary applications. And then I, I, I outlined the fundamental principles of sphere sovereignty and, the, and uh, talked about some of the ways in which those were clearly intuitively understood by many of our forebears, even if not specifically articulated with that vocabulary um, and how those were manifest and how what we urgently need now in our time in evangelicalism is a return to a recognition of, of Jesus Christ as Lord, not simply as our Savior. And that the only possible route to, re- to resistance of authoritarianism and of totalitarianism uh, is the, the kingship of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to forget, I reminded people, that for, the, for most of history, most people have lived in under tyranny, um, which, of course, is to do with illegitimate rule, and that word illegitimate literally means lawless. Hmm. Um, and m- for most of history, the vast majority of human beings have lived under tyranny, uh, in slavery, and under despotism, with, with, no, uh, uh, with very limited or no genuine freedom. And I talked about the church as being the truly the first truly independent free institution in the, in the history of the Western world. 
and the importance of the freedom of the Church of Jesus Christ and our assertion of the kingship of Christ, just as was asserted in Acts chapter 17, even when it was against the decrees of Caesar, as Acts 17 and 18 make crystal clear. So that was the that was the emphasis uh, that I was 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 focused on. That for a long time evangelicalism had the luxury of focusing on soteriology mm. uh, to the exclusion in 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 many respects of a robust biblical eschatology and um, uh, uh, a Christian theology of of culture. So we became very adept at speaking about justification and sanctification and emphasizing those very important biblical doctrines. Um, but it had a tendency to reduce the gospel to Jesus is my personal savior and I'm going to heaven. And on the way, I need to take a few people with me. And as long as I've got a good prayer life and read my Bible regularly, that's the Christian life. Um, and of course, in a broadly Christianized culture where you're, then, where you're free to preach the gospel and make the gospel known and build churches and establish Christian schools and... Mm. Uh, um, educate people in the faith and um, practice law as a, uh, in a distinctly um, uh, Christian way, and all of these things which we were able to presume upon for so long, and be a, and be a Christian philanthropist and do um, uh, works of um, social uh, uh, philanthropy and charity as a believer. All of that we could presume upon for so long because of the work that the gospel had done culturally and politically, mm. and. With the demise, the steady and gradual demise of all of that, um, we're suddenly realizing that a gospel that Jesus is my personal savior only is only a partial gospel. That Christ is the redeemer, um, not just from the from personal sin, um, but from the scope and the consequences of sin, and that his redemptive life and power reaches into every aspect of life. Mm. Um, and that creation itself will one day be released from its bondage to corruption um, because the destiny of creation is tied to the redemptive work of Christ in us. And in principle, the power of the new creation is already here. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old mm -hmm. things have passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. Mm -hmm. And so my focus was on applying this uh, this this particular idea. Um and uh, you know, I was blessed that it was an encouragement to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I know Joe, you know, wouldn't tout this fact, but you know, he received a standing ovation after the end of his talk, and and I really, told I you not to talk about that. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but really, it was you know, Joe spent an hour in in that lecture pushing the point that Jesus is King over all earthly powers, mm -hmm. and you know that was hit home. And, and that's what yeah. led to, to that response from the audience. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, we've never, we, we have it because faithful men throughout the past several decades have kept this theme alive. And I know that uh, actually our good friend Andrew Sandlin wrote a book on this close to 20 years ago, I think, called Lordship Salvation. Mm -hmm. But uh, this, this is a, that is essentially the, uh, the idea that you're, you're pushing against. What and you you said there that people are waking up to it now. Uh, do you think that you know all of the the events and the government response of the past year has shocked a lot of people out of mm. A mm. normal life, or do you see an, a confluence of other events that have that have led to a a revival in, of interest in this idea? 
It's a confluence, but it's certainly been accelerated by the, by the past 12 months. I mm-hmm. think that uh, what's really happened is that the cultural pressure, you see, as soon as you apply pressure to people, just as if you apply pressure to fruit, right, mm-hmm. uh, what's in it starts to come out. And, and as soon as you begin to apply real pressure to people, you find out what's in them. Mm. You find out where they really stand. Mm. You find out where their allegiances really lie. You find out where the commitments really are. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, what's happened is that faithful Christians coming under this kind of pressure have suddenly realized, I'm not sure I've got the tools to respond to this. I know something's wrong. I know we need to respond. Mm-hmm. I know we must respond, but I'm not sure how to respond. And I think uh, that uh, the the gradual... Uh, you know, the this, we can talk about the pre-COVID sort of authoritarianism and mm-hmm. the growth of a totalitarian mentality, which, as I've said many times before on our program, um, is about the, the the state treating the other aspects of life in a, in a in a parts to whole relationship, right. as though you know, family, church, business, and all these other areas are merely parts of the greater whole of the state. Mm-hmm. And this is a pagan conception of the state um, and of human society. And uh, I think that that has been, that repaganization of our vision of society ha- has sped up so much over the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. And then in this last 12 to 18 months has been, the mindset has come into on full display uh, especially with respect to something as simple as, well, um, the LCBO is essential. Uh, you know, wine and beer and our access to them are essential, and um, and and Walmart and these things are essential. But but the worship of God's people, uh, the preaching of the Word of God, the administration of the sacraments to the gathered congregation. These are non-essential. Mm. Remember that two weeks to flatten the curve thing, uh, like 15 months ago? Mm. Um, and so I think what's happened the last year, Ryan, as you, to your point, is that it's just, it's torn the mask off what was already there. Right. Mm. And yeah. I think that is driving mm-hmm. this sudden uptick in interest. So, you know, we have seen a massive increase in um, people listening to our podcast, in mm-hmm. people buying our books, um, in people being interested in what the Institute has to say, because um, when things seem relatively peaceful and hunky-dory, these kind of wild-eyed mm-hmm. um, uh, Kyperians over here um, <laughs> and cultural transformationalists uh, <laughs> talking about the lordship of Christ and uh, sphere sovereignty and, mm-hmm. and Christ's lordship in education and in politics and the, the importance of God's law and so on, it does just, what are they on about? Right. Yeah. Uh, is what people, it's like, where, wait, what? Um, they sort of look at you with um, sort of blank stares. In the, but suddenly, uh, the, the lordship of Christ, the kingship of Jesus, and what it actually means and what it has meant historically is now coming to the fore. And I think at that point, those who are faithful are genuinely looking for uh, a biblical response, answers to that. Um, and, and so it's, you know, a good moment to, to, to say, well, there are a variety of responses. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, the first thing we would want to say as an institute is the critical thing before any kind of Christian action is possible 
you need a Christian mind. Mm -hmm. And so the big problem we're seeing is that people want to jump immediately to action of some kind, mm -hmm. and they usually end up falling into things like you know the social justice movement right, and yeah. critical, critical theory, race and theory, right. all of these things, yeah. and baptize that Christian and then say they're speaking for justice, mm -hmm. um, when in fact they actually you can't have Christian action until you have a Christian mind, because without a Christian mind, you can't have Christian thought. Without Christian thought, you cannot have truly Christian action. So we would want to say, first off, that a distinctly Christian world and life view with a biblical cultural apologetic is necessary mm -hmm. for distinctly Christian action. And in this instance, of course, we're thinking about the, there's, you know, when you think about the, the standoff that there's been to some degree between church and state here, <clears throat> there are only two possibilities as you look at a passage like Romans 13 which we've heard murdered and, and massacred over the past you know 12 months or so is you either interpret that in terms of the divine right of kings as Charles the first did where the king is law the state mm -hmm. is law right that's all there is to it mm -hmm. you know there is no authority but from God and that must mean that every single authority every single king pharaoh pope uh, mm -hmm. that's ever been established is from God and you owe them uh, complete obedience, mm -hmm. um, or we have the reg regulative principle of government view, which is law is king. And which law is that? Well, we're talking about God's law, God's word, God's truth. Jesus Christ is king. And that um, legitimate authority is that which has subjected itself to God as his deacon in terms of uh, uh, God's um, plan for creation and God's structure, his law order for creation. I mean, if you think about it, um, all legitimate authority is what Paul means, is from God. Um, and if it wasn't all legitimate authority, we'd have a very serious problem explaining the demonic civil authorities mm -hmm. manifest in the book of Revelation. Mm. So in Revelation 6, for example, you've got descriptions of uh, Tiberius in verse 1 and 2 there, Caligula in verse 3 and 4, Claudius in verses 5 and 6, Nero in 7 through 16. Uh, and they're described as being ministers of demons who control them. Mm. So the notion that uh, this is a big part of it is, as we say, well, under this cultural pressure, as we're really squeezed, um, actually, we we learn who we really serve mm. um, uh, and, and where our ultimate allegiances lie. So... Um, and are we willing to count the cost? And are we ready to count the cost for mm -hmm. resisting Pharaoh, mm -hmm. for resisting Ahab, mm -hmm. for resisting Caesar, uh, for, for for resisting Pilate? I mean, don't forget even Jesus, when he was on trial, refused to answer the direct. He was ordered directly to answer the questions of his interrogators, and um, he refused to do so. So I think we have to, it is a time to really think through um how do we faithfully, as God's people now, develop a Christian mind and then build our response in terms of Christian action? Mm. There's a very interesting incident in um, 2 Chronicles 26 where King Uzziah oversteps the jurisdiction of the temple. Um, when he tried to go in and offer incense, he assumed to himself a role within the life of the church of the Old Testament that he didn't have. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, the, the priests of Azariah uh, withstood him 
And they actually said, it's not for you, Isaiah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. Hmm. Um, and I think we are in a moment right now where the state has trodden into the sanctuary of the living God, and our response needs to be, get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. You are trying to exercise an authority over the Church of Jesus Christ that uh, you don't have. Um, and then, of course, we are confronted with a situation where um, when the Church responds, Church doesn't bear the sword, so when the Church responds, if it is not heeded by the state, which is the situation we're now in, because if we look at it in Canada, we've... We've tried pretty much everything mm -hmm. uh, peaceably mm -hmm. to, to write our letters, to talk to our MPs, to mm -hmm. uh, posit our declarations. Yep. To And we're still doing that. And we're still doing it mm -hmm. um, to, to passively and respectively, uh, civilly disobey. Um, passively by the sense that I mean that it's not uh, any sort of violent uprising. Right. Um, we've, you know, um, some churches have sought to continue to worship and fines have been multiplied and charges have been laid and these kinds of things and pastors have been thrown in prison and arrested on highways and so on and so forth. Um, under the cultural pressure, and these are some of the things that were coming up at our conference, um, there is a time to disobey. Mm. And um, one of the things that as individuals we have to be ready to do is to dissipate when it's required. Look at the Hebrew midwives. Mm -hmm. uh, look at Zerubbabel. Um, uh, look at the even the wise men from the east. Herod told them, when you've found the child, come back right. and, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and tell us where he is. Uh, there's a time also to flee. Uh, there's a time to say, you know what? Um, I mean, many of the Christians, for example, in Iraq, have over the last 10 years, um, due to persecution, left, left yeah. the area. They've, they've been forced to flee. Um, the, you know, David knew when it was the right moment to flee from Saul. Jesus says if they persecute you in one town, you know, flee to the next, right. flee to another. Yeah, Paul um, did this a lot in the book of Acts. Yeah. Paul frequently Shaking the had dust to do that. from his feet. On one occasion, mm -hmm. Paul, by subterfuge, was let down from the city wall in a basket to, mm -hmm. to, to escape. Mm -hmm. Other times we need to hire a lawyer. Um, mm. And of course, Christians are doing that too. And this was something that Paul knew how to use against um, the government as well. And, and he, as you know, in Acts 22, avoided a scourging by appealing mm. to his rights as a Roman citizen. We can appeal to the lesser magistrate. We can appeal to our MPPs, to our MPs to, um, and, and, and to the courts. We obviously must pray. Yep. Uh, we've been through some of these things before That's on right. this podcast. Um, we also have to to it protest. Bears, bears repeating. It does bear mm -hmm. repeating. You know, there's uh, the strategy hasn't bit, doesn't have to be chucked out. Mm -hmm. No, and it's not just with respect to the current restrictions on the church with public health measures. Um, this concerns the passage, almost inevitable passage now of Bill C six. Yes, it concerns the tabling of new bills like Bill C ten. It can it concerns what doctors have to face now with Bill C seven having passed and so mm -hmm. on. And so we also have to to cry out and to protest. And it's amazed me sometimes how I've heard um, people saying, well, this is not the Christian thing to do. You know, the church doesn't protest and so on. Christians don't do that. Well, Abraham was quite ready to rebuke Abimelech and because his servants were stolen from him. Nathan was ready to rebuke King David. Mm. Um, Joab protested about David's uh, census of Israel mm -hmm. because of the motivations behind it. 
Daniel uh, call, uh, called upon Nebuchadnezzar, quote, to break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. And of course, John the Baptist famously appealed and cried out against Herod uh, Antipas. So there is a time to cry out. We also need to expose things. So both uh, so Christians and the church has an obligation to expose wickedness and evil. Um, Paul, the apostle in Ephesians 5.11 says, have mm-hmm. no fellowship mm-hmm. with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Mm-hmm. So if we see works of darkness going on, mm-hmm. we are called to, di- to expose them. There's also a time abs- to, to simply misdirect the authorities that are uh, coming after us or persecuting us or trying to um, coerce us. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Michael, David's wife, deceived her father, King Saul, and enabled mm-hmm. David to escape from Saul, you'll mm-hmm. remember. Mm-hmm. You have the very famous misdirection of the Hebrew midwives mm-hmm. that I mentioned in, in Egypt. Um, and of course, Rahab deceived mm. uh, the mm. uh, soldiers of Jericho when she hid the Israelite spies. So there's misdirection. Gets a commendation for it in Hebrews. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's mm-hmm. that wonderful passage in Hebrews mm-hmm. where, where they're commended mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, of course, going underground. Uh, as Christian communities, not just forming Christian communities, but sometimes the necessity of, of going off the radar and of forming underground communities where, as you said, worship is a form of resistance, mm-hmm. worship is warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, because the church not only refused to be to take a license from the Jewish state, it also refused, the early church, refused the collegia licita, uh, which was status, license status from Rome, um, to to gather and to teach mm. and paul was accused of violating this he was teaching contrary to caesar mm-hmm. right um it's arguable that even in in um later in act 17 he was pulled before the Areopagite council because he may have been preaching without a license um and actually if you look at revelation chapter 12 you see that god authorizes and protects an underground unlicensed mm. illegal mm-hmm. church that continues to operate without heeding the government's restrictions. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot that actually we can do and should do um, and need to do in times of pressure. Mm. We said that, you know, when you're squeezed, what's in you really comes out. And of course, negative things can come out too. We have to avoid pride. We have to avoid zeal Mm. without knowledge and just going off on our own half-cocked and everything else and making a big mess. Uh, we have to be under authority and submitted to authority in mm-hmm. in in the in the life of the church, um, uh, but we need faithfulness and we need courage and I think fear and pride would be two major enemies, you know, to be avoided mm-hmm. in our in in resistance to, uh, to to tyranny in whatever form it comes, mm-hmm. um, and so. Uh, this was this was very much the overall theme of the the conference we were at. These were the things that I was talking about and mm-hmm. and uh, we were discussing in our interviews. And um, I think that it's a very it, this is we're in a very we're in a season now where much is being revealed about the where the church is at. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for sharing about uh, that experience. Thanks for coming back. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> From all of us here at the Ezra Institute, this has been Worldview Wednesday on the podcast for Cultural Reformation, reminding you that from him, through him, and to him are all things. We'll see you next week. 
It's passed down as a prophecy Every year about this time